sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. With all humility, your mama, my mama. Mama, call mama. No, I didn't hear you. When I say your mama, I say my mama. Come and say your mama, my mama. My mama, your mama. She is my mentor. She is your mentor. She is a mega, mega, mega servant of God. A mega woman of God. Reverend Lady Adler Heward Mills. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Father, thank you for yet another moment in your presence. We pray that this time will be hallowed. We pray in the name of Jesus that your will will be done. We pray in the name of Jesus that the word of God will have free course and be glorified. Father, I pray that you will touch these lips of clay and let them go as fire brands, O oh God, to burn unwanted things in our lives. And Lord, to also ignite a fire in us. Holy Spirit, you are the one who is the teacher. You are the spirit of the Father. Through you, let the word of God come and let it be effective. Thank you that the word that you are sending out this morning, it shall not return to you void. But Father, let it accomplish the reason for which it has been sent this morning. We give you praise. We give you honor. And we submit ourselves totally to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Please take your seats. I think I'm going to Tosa this morning. Wow. We thank God for his faithfulness through all these days. 
God has been gracious to us. And God's word has come to us. And we want to thank God for that. It is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. I want to also thank my husband, Bishop Dag, who has nurtured me in ministry up to now and continues to nurture me. And it is under his ministry that I stand. And I honor him this morning. Amen. 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 I also want to salute Bishop Ransford. The messenger of God and the angel of God for this commission. In the book of Revelations, God was talking to the churches and he sent the message. He said, to the angel of the church of Smyrna, write. So God uses his servants as angels over his churches. Amen. I want to salute him for his vision also. I am very surprised that I'm here. But your bishop is a very forceful man and he takes it by force. It is a miracle. Because given my schedule and all that I'm doing, I'm very surprised I'm here. And I also want to thank him and all the church leadership for the great love and care they have shown us. We feel so well looked after. I'm sure we have put on weight. We thank you for the way you have received us with love, true love. And for everyone who has given to this convention, may the Lord Himself reward you. You can never outgive God. I want to thank the leadership, the lady pastors, and all the leadership also for their support and their help. Everyone has been so gracious. God bless you. I want to also thank my Lighthouse family for being here, all the lady pastors and the members. A lot of them had to leave to be in church on Sunday, but it was humbling and an honor to have them with me. I also want to greet anyone and everyone present here, including the members of this church. Thank you for having us. We have really enjoyed fellowshipping with you. 
Your music and your worship is remarkable. It brings down the presence of God. God bless you. And don't be wary in well-doing. For in due season you will reap. If you do not faint. Amen. Amen. And I want to thank my interpreter. For being so faithful. And sometimes she will join the congregation. <laughs> and um, we're also happy to have our lovely children in our midst. Children, give us a wave. Give us a wave. And I want to just um, spend the first few minutes ministering to the children. You remember, Jesus said, Suffer the little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of God. Can I please have the children stand for a few minutes? And I want to read a scripture from Jeremiah 1, reading from verse 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet into the nations. Verse 6. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Verse 7. But the Lord said unto me, Say not that I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. Whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Amen. Amen. I want to just admonish the children. I want to tell you that before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. And before you were a clot of blood, before you come together to be formed, God had a purpose for your life. Please go back to, please go back to Jeremiah 1.5. And before you could come out of the womb into this world, God set you apart. And before you could come out of your mother's womb, even as a human being, he already had a purpose for your life. God has ordained you before you even come out of the womb. 
Just like he ordained Jeremiah a prophet. And not just a prophet, a prophet unto the nations. Even as a child. Number six. But what was Jeremiah's response? He said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak. And why did he tell God that he, didn't, he could not speak? He said, Because I'm a child. Let not your being a child ever be an excuse for why God cannot use you. Because all of you standing here are older than a baby who has formed as a clot of blood in the womb. And your being children does not mean that God cannot use you. Yesterday I said in my preaching that God saved me at the age of nine. And my Sunday school teacher told me that God would use me. And God has used me. God has been faithful. So I want you as children to have it in mind that God has a purpose for you before you came into this world. And God's purpose is to use you in his kingdom. In Jeremiah's case, he had ordained him a prophet. I believe that this morning, amongst us sons, apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists. Verse 7. But the Lord said unto me, Say not I'm a child, because you will go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Amen. Amen. I want you to know that God has sent you. And if God has sent you, God will equip you. Even Satan uses children. Reverend, why do you say that? Because when Paul the apostle went to preach, they said a child was following them with the spirit of divination. And Paul turned around and rebuked the child. So in the same way, if Satan can use a child, then God can use you. When God wants to use you, he sanctifies you. And to sanctify means to set you apart, to make you different and to make you peculiar. And so, I want you to know that you have to be sanctified, set apart, different from the people in your class, different from the Amen. funny people in your community, Amen. different from the people on the internet, Amen. different from the people on the computer.
computers. God has a purpose for your life and you should not blow it. Amen. Amen. Some of you spend all your time on the internet. But I'm encouraging you that you can spend more time in the presence of God. Finally, when you look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15, Paul is writing to Timothy. And he says, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ and he goes on in verse 16 to say all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable the word of God is profitable children the word of God is beneficial and it can be used as a light for every area of your life for reproof for correction when you do something wrong and you have to be corrected the word of God will correct you for instruction when you need instructions the word of God will instruct you and for training in righteousness the word of God will train you how to be righteous in a crooked world by this time Timothy is a pastor but Paul said from a child you have known the holy scriptures this is the time for you to immerse yourself in the holy scriptures most of the verses I know now as a grown up woman I learned from childhood. And God calling me from childhood delivered me from a lot of foolishness. So let your light so shine in this world. You are light when you are a child of God. The world is a crooked and a perverse place. But from a child, begin to know the holy scriptures and begin to stand for what is right and many years down the line may we we see some of you become the bishop ransforts of today may we see some of you become the bishop dags of today may we see some of you become the bishop sakis of today may we see some of you become the bishop intefels of today May we see some of you become Lady Reverend Adelaide's of today. May the Lord put his hand on you and bless you.
Make Jesus your friend. Make the word of God your friend. Don't tell me when you become a teenager that now you have seen other things. But may the word of God dwell in you throughout all the ages. Children, close your eyes and lift up your hands. I want to pray for you. I wanna be more like you. Oh Jesus. I help me please. Wanna be more like you. Like Jesus. Jesus, I want to be a vessel you work through. I want to be more like you. Shall we pray? Like Jesus, I So you went through. I wanna be more like you. Father, you said, shall we pray? Suffer the little ones to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God. Father, I lift up every single child represented here. I lift up every single family represented here. I curse every plan of Satan for these little ones. I come against it in the name of Jesus. I declare that no weapon that is fashioned against them shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against them in judgment is condemned. Father, I pray that you will cover them with your mercy. Cover them with your blood. Whoever they are not supposed to meet in this life, may they not meet. Whoever is in their lives that should not be in their lives, may there be a separation in the name of Jesus. Whatever influence that is not of you, we curse it. Lord, every agent of Satan that has been assigned to them, we deflect their path in Jesus' name. We pray for their destinies. We pray for their present. We look into the future. We speak into their future. We say their future is bright. We say their future is good. We say their future is a glorious one. We say that they are saved. We say that they are sanctified. We say that they are vessels of honor. Meet unto your use. Father, we say that you will use them. We say that they will serve you. We say that they are peculiar people. Lord, we say that they will shine as lights in a crooked and perverse generation. We come against all forms of immorality. We come against all form of perdition and and perversions. We come against the influence of this world. We say that they will not be conformed to this world, but they will be transformed by the renewing of their minds according to your word. Let the word of God dwell with them richly. Cause them to love your house, to love your people, to love your kingdom, 
to love your word and to love the things of God. Let every gifting that has been endowed them by you, let it come forth. Let them shine as lights, Lord, in a crooked and a perverse generation. Thank you that when Herod slaughtered all the children, you preserved the baby Jesus. Thank you that when Pharaoh slaughtered all the children, you preserved Moses. And therefore we know that you will preserve them. We pray for all parents. Give them wisdom. Give them what it takes, Lord, to be good parents to these children. And Father, bring the right people into their lives. May they excel in every good thing. Every family represented here. Every wayward child, we call you back. Every child of destiny, we call you back. Every prodigal child, we call you back. In the name of Jesus. And we say, oh God, that because of these children, the kingdom of God will march forward. You are blessed. You are blessed, children. You are blessed with no sorrow added. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, children. Take your seats and God bless you. Sorry. And never forget what I've said. Amen. Amen. God is telling me to just tell any mother whose heart may be aching as we pray this prayer. Any mother whose heart. God sent me to tell you there's still a miracle on the way. God says, begin to speak life. Begin to say the good things you are expecting. And God says that he's bringing the prodigal home. Let your hearts be encouraged. Amen. Amen. Well, give a hand to the children. Amen. Amen. I love ministering to children as well because I myself was saved at a very tender age. And even in my church, I, I was asked by my husband to have a convention for children, which I do. But I have extended my tentacles to even departments that I'm not in because it has to do with children. So I have self-appointed camps for teachers of children. Because I feel that my Sunday school teachers they, they, they invested so much in my life. And even when I went to secondary school, there were a lot to also encourage me on the way. And a lot of it has made me who I am today. God is faithful. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, we are back to our ladies' convention. <laughs> we want to be women that God can use. I want to speak to you briefly about women do not destroy God's creation. 
Amen. Amen. Women have what you call influence. Oh, mama, bana lendo ibizwango kukuba kuku abekapazelan. We may not have a lot of muscle. Singanga bina shunu zingamanda. We may not even be so strong physically. Singanga umele lingoa senyamen. But there's something called influence that God gave us. Adam was the one given the commandment by God. Before even Eve was created. When God was creating the world, he said everything was good. The Bible says he said he created the light. He said it was good. The fish of the sea, they were good. The birds, they were good. The sea, it was good. Everything was good. But only one thing God said was not good. He said it was not good that man should be alone. So because of that, he will create a woman. God could have created anything to solve this problem. God was very pleased with his creation, but when he looked, he said, no, the absence of a woman makes the whole creation not complete. I didn't say it, God said it. And then God put Adam to sleep because God didn't need Adam to solve Adam's problem. And God created Eve. When Adam woke up, Eve was by his side. And he was so fascinated. He said, wow. This is now bone of my bone. And flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. He was fascinated. But as they were in the garden, it came to pass that Eve had a conversation with Satan. The brothers, please, fellowship with your wives so that they don't end up fellowshipping with Satan. Women need communication and they need somebody to relate to. Amen, brothers. Amen. So Eve did the wrong thing of chatting with Satan. The commandment was given to Adam because he was the head and before Eve came. But the Bible says that when Eve took the fruit and gave to Adam, he did eat asking no questions. It was one of the most shocking things to me in scripture. When you know what God has said and somebody is bringing you the fruit, at least ask one question. Oh Eve, have we decided to eat it now? Oh Eve, what's going on? But the Bible says she did give him and he did eat. Pathetic. So a woman was able to bring God's creation to his knees. She didn't do it by having AK-47. 
She didn't do it by having the latest fighting jets. She didn't even have an army. But a fruit in the hands of a woman can bring down the whole creation. The Bible says about Samson that he could take on armies one-handed, single-handedly. And he could carry the gates of a city all by himself. He could kill so many animals on his own. But when he came to Delilah, he was flawed. Delilah didn't have any any uh, army. Delilah didn't have any guns or any artillery. She just had a pair of laps. And the amazing thing is that whenever this great man of God called Samson went to sleep in that lap, his mind also went to sleep. And what amazes me is Delilah deceived Samson three times. And still... Samson could not think straight. She will tell him, tell me the secret of your strength. Then Samson will tell her something. Then she will arrange for the Philistines to come. Say, Samson, the Philistines are here. Then Samson will get up and snap whatever it is. Then it's like, it's not the truth. Three times, as if it was a game. As a married woman, I always ask myself, what is it in this lap that made Samson stop thinking? And I believe that you can learn good things from a bad example. So if you are a righteous woman, May your laps be a good lap that when your husband comes home, he can rest on those laps. Amen. Amen. It's not big things. But in the hands of a woman, it turns into something else. Moses' mother didn't have much. She just had a basket. Why in a basket? She dubbed it with slime so that water wouldn't go in. And she saved the whole generation. Such is the power of a woman. What did Esther do? She just the Bible says she dressed up and she stood in the courtyard opposite where the king sat. And the king stretched out his sepulchre to her. And then when she came in, the king said, Esther, what do you want? I can give you half the kingdom. Whatever you want. Some of us would have said, yes, I want half the kingdom. But Esther, with her humor, uh, feminine charm, she said, I don't want anything, king. I just want you to come to dinner. Because she, by the wisdom of God, was wise enough to know that you talk to a man after he has eaten, not before. So when the king had had the feast and all that was relaxed, 
feeling that you know this woman really cares for me then Esther brought her request and even that request she didn't bring it on the first dinner date she invited him again oh king if I found favor in your eyes please you came today Tuesday come again on Thursday and she invited Haman the enemy of the Jews and Haman also came what was Esther's power that she used over Haman. Just dinner. And after dinner, the laws of the whole country changed. Such is the power of a woman. When Mary, the mother of Jesus, she had nothing except her virginity. And the Holy Ghost was looking around. He said, I have to bring a Messiah to the people. He said, I will use her virginity to bring salvation. To a woman and the Holy Ghost are explosive enough. By Esther's dinner, she saved a whole nation. What Mordecai even could not do just two dinners set this ball rolling. So I often wonder why women want to be men. I don't get it. Because God has endowed us with so much. Even when we are walking on the road and a man is driving, he just goes into the ditch. Such is the power of a woman. When people have war, they say genocide. They take machine guns. Liberian war. Then they get somewhere, they see a woman. Oh, they put the gun down. And then they rape her. Such is the power of a woman. In the midst of war, you forget what your mission is. You put the gun down and you rape a woman because you have seen something. Such is the power of a woman. Now, that power can be used for good or for evil. Delilah used her influence to bring Israel to their knees. Mary, the mother of Jesus, used her influence to bring salvation to the world. So it depends on what type of woman you want to be. I am so glad that God made me a woman. Because apart from all things, even in dressing, I get to get more variety than trousers and shirts. I can wear a long skirt today. I can wear a shorter skirt. I can wear a dress. 
I can wear kaba like the native Ghanaian dress. I can wear hats. I can wear a turban. I am not trapped in shirt and trousers all my life. I'm glad for what God made me. And so every woman should play her role. And every man should play his role. And the woman should not make coup de task against the men to overthrow them. God may not have made you the head. But your influence is also powerful. Amen. Amen. Now, Lady Reverend, you said you would talk about woman do not spoil God's creation. Genesis chapter 3. Reading from verse 13. This is when God has come to the garden and he has seen all that has happened and he's asked the man, where are you? What have you done? And the man said, the woman you gave me then he asked the woman, the woman said the serpent, and he asked the serpent, and the serpent had nobody to blame. But when God came, there's one significant thing he asked the woman. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? What is this that thou hast done? When God was asking the woman that he could see wars, he could see farming, he could see the falling nature of man, he could see incurable diseases, he could see terminal diseases, he could see broken homes, he could see wayward children, he could see broken relationships, he could see depression. What is this Eve that thou hast done? What had happened was that Eve had touched God's creation and had destroyed it. So God had created a very beautiful thing. But by a woman using her influence the wrong way, she had destroyed God's creation. But how did the woman get to a place like that? She had a conversation with Satan. Genesis chapter 3. From verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw 
that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Amen. Amen. This records the conversation with Satan. Satan did not begin by maligning God. He just asked the question, has God said that you should not eat of the trees in the garden? It's just a question. Most of the time we expect Satan to come openly with a black body, red tail, and then we see that this is evil. But the Bible says, Satan masquerades as an angel of light. He comes as if he's an angel of light. And Eve said, oh, God hasn't said that. He just says that of the tree in the middle, we, will, we should not eat, nor even touch it. She added to the scripture. And that if we do that, we will die. And Satan said, you shall not surely die. Satan has always tried to put doubt on God's word. Jesus. But you know, there's something God doesn't want you to have. He knows that when you eat it, you shall be as God's. The Bible says when Eve looked at the fruit, she saw that it was pleasant to the eyes. The, and that it was good for food. And then her desires kicked in. It was a tree to be desired. So based on these three things, she took it and she ate and then creation fell. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 15, I believe. 1 John 2, verse 15. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world. The love of the father is not in him. Verse 16. For all that is in the world. The last of the flesh. She saw that the fruit was good. And the last of the eyes. And that was pleasant to the eyes. The pride of life. That it could make one wise. Then she took of it. And she ate it. These three things were in play. Satan always deceives us by making us think God is withholding good things from us. You think God is withholding a good man from you. God is withholding a good sexual experience from you. God is withholding the fine things of life from you. So you, pull, you stretch out your hand and you take off trees that you have no business eating from. 
What is this that thou hast done? But when we read Genesis 1:27, when we read Genesis 1:27, the Bible says that God made man in His image. Genesis 1:27. But you remember, Satan told Eve that when you eat it, you shall be like God. She was already like God. Jesus. But Satan was using deception to get her. Genesis 2 verse 8 to 9. And the Lord God planted a garden and he put man whom he had formed. Verse 10. Eight and nine, sorry. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is what? Pleasant to the sight. When Eve saw the fruit, it was pleasant to the eyes. But God had already given her fruit that was pleasant to the eye before chapter 3. God had already given her all these things, but Satan came and said, you know, your life is not full. You know, your life is not, is not complete. You know, you need a little love from this married man. Oh, you need a little more attention, Eve. You know, you know, you need this. But all the things had already been provided. She reached out and she touched the fruit through deception. Many women are deceived because they do not know God's word. And people take advantage of them because they do not know God's way. And they run from here to there, from here to there. You go somewhere, the man of God in quotes tells you, I have to bath you because you were married to uh, uh, somebody in the spirit. So now you have to bath to be married to another person. A, if you are married in the spirit, then Jesus. bath in the spirit, not physically. God said, what is this that thou hast done? It's not only God's creation that women can spoil. Women can also spoil churches. Philippians chapter 4 verse 2 Philippians chapter 4 verse 2 I beseech you, Odias, and I beseech Sintike that they be of the same mind in the Lord verse 3 and I entreat thee also, true your fellow help those women which labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Amen. 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 Many women are the pillars when a church or a ministry is starting. They are the ones who will encourage the pastor. They are the ones who will serve with the little they have. The Bible says many women followed Jesus and ministered to him out of their substance. 
It is on record that the person who gave the most expensive gift to Jesus was the woman with the alabaster box. And she was in a world of men. They all criticized her. I've never understood that story because the alabaster box was not for them and yet they were criticizing many women when a ministry has not become anything they are the ones who come and sweep when my own husband started his ministry I was always there to sweep arrange chairs and do whatever I had to do faithful pillars in the house of God but after all that the same pillars become caterpillars who pull down the church the apostle Paul said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me but in Philippians 4 verse 2 he mentions two women you old he says that they have been fellow laborers with him and they have labored with him in the gospel. But there's one problem. Not only have they labored in the gospel, even their names are written in the book of life. He calls them fellow laborers. But there's one problem. They can't get along. And Paul, who could do everything, could not reconcile the two. Pillars and then caterpillars. And our quarrels are also not so obvious. Even sometimes the body languages do this and it means something. And when you ask them, you say, we haven't done anything. Amen. Amen. So we should not spoil God's creation. In the church. The church is the house of God. The Bible says, you are God's building. It means that when the church comes together, it is God's building. First Corinthians 3 verse 9. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's children. Amen. Amen. So the Bible is saying, Paul was writing to the Corinthians and he said that you are God's building. The church in Corinth was God's building. The church in King Williamstown is God's building. Therefore, ladies, do not let us use our petty bickerings, fightings, and rivalry to destroy God's creation. Sometimes we are the best laborers and we may be very busy about God's work, but we are using other things to undermine what is going on. May the Lord deliver us from that. 
Jesus said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell may not prevail against it. But when you are a fifth column inside the church, even with your mouth alone, you can destroy the church. But what you haven't seen, you say you've seen. I was just telling the ladies this morning that um, um, there's a particular dish in Ghana that I never ate in my home. But when I came to university, I discovered it and I liked it. So I have a friend in the church who makes that particular dish for me. And so I would pass by her workplace to pick up the food. The receptionist there was also a church member. And every time I greeted her, she would say, Oh, first lady, good afternoon. Oh, I'll tell her you are here. First lady, please, she says the basket is ready. Can I help put it in your car? Then I would go. The one day, Bishop Adi's wife, who is Bishop Adi is one of the senior associates of my husband, Bishop, his wife, came to tell me, ah, this receptionist who works at this place, she came to tell me something about you. And I said, oh, what did she say? She said that you, you cannot cook for your own husband. Every food that will be served in your house, you have to come to this place to come and get a basket before you can feed your husband because you can't cook. Jesus. And this, uh, my bishop's wife was very angry and said to the girl, she, do you know how she can cook? She's better than you. She doesn't just cook. She bakes and she makes other things. It's only this dish that she cannot make. And whenever she saw me, she would smile. Oh, hello, first lady. I will call her. But when I turned around, she was spreading things, even about my marriage, that were not true. Now that was a good recipe for offense. But I thank God that he has taught me not to scratch with the chickens, but to fly with the eagles. Amen. I just looked, I said, oh, this is a girl with a very small mind talking about small things. If I also go and call her and then I become like her. Charlie, I have more things. Jesus is coming. The kingdom of God is important. I don't have time for this. Amen. And so I've never asked her up to date. But these are the little things. And then one thing leads to another. And before you know, 
The same pillars who built the church have become caterpillars who have pulled it down. Do not destroy God's creation. Amen. Amen. Do not destroy homes. So a woman can destroy God's creation like Eve and a woman can destroy homes. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 1. Do you know where Proverbs is? Every wise woman buildeth her house. Amen. But the foolish pluck it down with her hands. Amen. The living Bible says homes are built by the wisdom of women and destroyed by their foolishness. Women can build homes. Yes, they are the strong tower in the home. But the same woman can also destroy the home. And the Bible says it takes wisdom to build a home. And it takes foolishness to pull it down. And the same woman can be the two things. Sometimes we come into the church hoping that our homes will be protected. But it's sisters in the church who will destroy other people's marriages. And when you tell them, they will tell you that let heavenly wisdom, uh, let godly love, he- how do you say it? Let brotherly love continue. But it is not brotherly love. It's something else. Some people are struggling to build their home. And you are busy plucking it down. Woman do not destroy other people's homes. And do not destroy your own home. It is said that women are their own worst enemies. I will preach on that one day. Amen. Amen. The Bible says by wisdom a house is built. Sometimes even our words pull down homes. The Bible says let your speech minister grace to the people that hear you. But even the way you speak to your husband is not helping to the building of the home. And when I tell you, you say, Lady Reverend, he also doesn't speak well. If he wants me to speak well to him, he should also speak well to me. But the Bible says, do not be overcome with evil. The Bible But overcome evil with good. The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. So when your husband is meeting you with fierce words, then to respond with a soft answer. Because a soft answer breaketh the bone. 
That's a different message altogether. That message is called remedies to contention. Do not destroy your own home. The way you speak to your husband is how your children will also learn to speak. Abigail was married to Nabal who was a fool but she used wisdom to prevail and when she went to David she said let the sin of Nabal be upon me she took over the intercessory role when the servant told her about how her husband has misbehaved towards David's men, she didn't immediately go to the bedroom to sort him out. She was a wise woman. If she had gone to fight in the bedroom, by the time the quarrel was over, David's army would have reached her door and her entire household, including herself, would have been wiped out. The Bible says there's a time for everything. There's a time to speak and a time to keep silent. I know sometimes when the men speak, you really have all your arguments lined up and you really want to sort them out. But that is why we have the gift of self-control. It's so that you will control your tongue. The Bible says the tongue is an evil that can set on fire the whole course of nature. And by the tongue, we set our whole lives, our married life, everything on fire. That should not be our portion. Some of us may not be actively the wives in the home, but you have made yourself a receiver of complaints in the office. When the man says, my wife is this, hey, your wife is very problematic. When the man comes to tell you about his wife, then you will also be adding on. Remember, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. Be a builder and not a destroyer. Some of you, you are in church, but you have joined a competition that the person has not signed up to. You are in silent competition with your pastor's wife. When she wears green, you also wear green. Not because you find it nice, but because you want to equalize. The Bible says that adulterous woman, she eats and then she wipes her mouth and she says, I know no evil. I've done no wrong. Do not be a destroyer of people's marriages and homes. Amen. Amen. Time will not allow us much, so I'm running. Do not be a destroyer of ministers and ministries. 
Delilah brought a great man of God down. She just used her laps. It wasn't because she loved Samson. But she, she gave the deception that, oh, I'm really in love with Samson. But the Philistines had come to her in Judges 16. And they said to her, entice him. And see where his great strength lies. Once you find the great strength of Samson, he is finished. That was Delilah's mandate. May you not be a Delilah. Amen. Amen. Do not be a destroyer of God's servants. Let's read from Judges chapter 16. Amen. Amen. Judges 16. Samson loved a strange woman. Samson utande intoka zibinga kreleganga. Judges 16 verse 24. When the people saw him, that Samson, they praised their God. For they said, our God had delivered into our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. Delilah had effectively given Samson into the hands of the Philistines. And when they saw Samson, they saw a great man of God, they saw a great ministry had come to their knees, the demons praised their God. And they said, our God has delivered him into our hands. But the main reason why they were looking for him because he had been a destroyer of their country and they wanted to also destroy him. And Delilah had effectively helped to make that happen. Amen. Amen. And every woman has the capacity to be a Delilah. Even after, like uh, uh, Yudia and Sintike, we have built the church. Proverbs chapter six, verse twenty-six. Proverbs. Proverbs chapter six, verse twenty-six. For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. Jesus. And the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Jesus. The precious life is the anointed life. The precious life is the person God has called. The precious life is the person affecting many lives. And that is the life the adulteress will hunt for. By means of a warish woman, not a man. 
You may be a great man like Samson, but you will be brought not even to a loaf of bread, not even to a slice, but to a piece. We often come under the guise of serving God. And we are very good at pretending. When a woman dribbles you, it's worse than a man dribbling you. Men will leave traces everywhere. But the woman, God, Mama, count yourself lucky if you see. By means, it means that through us, when we become whorish, you see, whorish is we are not fully a whore, but whorish ish. Our things are ish, 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 whorish. Woman, you can't, you can't tell what we are. We are not, we don't look like full fledged horse. So when you look, then you say, mm, What am I seeing? By means of a whorish woman, a man is brought <laughs> angers. <laughs> a man is brought to a piece of bread I pray that we will choose to be instruments of righteousness and not instruments of evil 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 14 and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light Jesus Amen, Amen. Satan <laughs> is transferred formed into an angel of light it means that we can change at any time. You see, when evil comes openly, nobody will choose it. So Satan will always come as an angel of light. First of all, as an angel. And after that, as of light. But the Bible says he is darkness. But he comes as an angel of light. Angels are known to be sinless. And light is known to be a good thing. So when he came to Jesus, he came as if, I want to help you out. You are hungry. And at the same time, you are so powerful. So if you be the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Show you are hungry. And hungry is not satisfied with stones. Hunger is satisfied with bread. So if you be the son of God, command these stones become bread. I often wonder if it were me whether I would see that is Satan. I would rather say God has provided. Jesus. 
And I'll say the Holy Ghost has moved. And I'll say God has met me at the point of my need. But Jesus could see through. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's not only bread that sustains me. The word of God is also spiritual meat that you don't know about. If he had eaten that bread, all his 40 day fast, all that he had achieved, would have come to naught. By means of a whorish woman. A man is brought. A man is brought. It doesn't matter whether it's a powerful man. It doesn't matter whether it's an anointed man. It doesn't matter if he's even as strong as something. The horish woman will bring him to a piece of bread. The adulteress will hunt. Going, going hunting is going after something, looking for something, Jesus. walking in the forest. You have light here. You are looking for the prey. The adulteress will hunt for the precious life. The life that God has anointed. The life that God has chosen to use. That's the one you are attracted to. Jesus. And then you say, He called me. Sometimes I've counseled people like that. And even me, I'm a woman. But the way they talk, I say, Wow. How can you survive? Our horish dressing. Our whorish dressing is enough to be whorish. Then you will say, Lady Reverend, I've not done anything. Mama, I can't do anything. I just, I just, I just came. But your dressing is calling people. Your dressing is advertising and then you finish and you say I, I did nothing Amen. Amen I pray that you will not be a horish woman even by your dressing I was watching a program in Ghana on television and they were saying well if the men are going to be affected by our dressing, it's their own kettle of fish. I mean, we haven't done anything. We have just dressed and whatever they want to do. But the Bible says, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You are not a lotto kiosk that everybody comes to buy from. Jesus. So dress like a temple, not like a lotto kiosk. Amen. Amen. Amen, ladies. Amen. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 20. 30, verse 20. Such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth Jesus. and saith, I have done no wickedness. Jesus. 
Njalo indlela yobumfazi obuwenyukazi uyatsha osulumlomo aze athi akhangendenze bubi And what did we read in Proverbs it says by means of a horish woman a man is brought to a piece of bread and that what the adulteress will hunt for the precious life and what is the way of the adulterous woman she eats Because when you eat and you don't wipe your mouth we all see that you've eaten but you eat and then you wipe your mouth so there's no trace yeah. and then when we say or confront you you say i know no wickedness i've not done anything i was just serving the lord then remember me i don't have anything against them i was just whatever but you are an adulterous woman the problem is that you have wiped your mouth do not destroy ministries and ministers <laughs> Amen. Amen. Don't be angry with me. I just read verses, right? Amen. Don't destroy that which belongs to another sister. First Kings 3:23 to 25. First Kings 3:23 to 25. It is one of the first test cases for Solomon. Two women are in a room. They both have children. One is three days older than the other. And then in the night, they wake up. In the night, they sleep and they wake up in the morning and one baby is dead. And then they observe their children and the one who has the dead baby by her says, no, I, I, I know what my child looked like. And I don't think this dead baby is my baby. I think this my other sister exchanged the babies. Favanyo lokala o lulenkosi o mama mama bina bese kumbinelinye bina bantu ana bina bina minyake funuklingan omnye wazewafa gogomnye wazewati and think ba o lufile usana loloam. And then they can't resolve it; becomes a big quarrel. So they decide they are going to King Solomon to solve this problem. And the king said from verse 23, the one saith, this is my son that liveth, and thy son is the dead. And the other saith, nay, but thy son is the dead, and my son is the living. 24. And the king said, bring me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king. 25. And the king said divide the living child in two and give half to the one and half to the other 26 Jesus Then spake the woman whose the living child was unto the king for her bowels yearned upon her son Jesus. and she said oh my lord give her the living child and in no wise slay it but the other said let it neither be mine nor thine but divided that is how women are when somebody has something and we are not happy about it we would rather all of us don't have so kill the baby so that is neither mine nor yours do not destroy what belongs to the other sister let it neither be mine nor thine. If you have something nice I don't have, I'll rather 
We all don't have. If you have a good marriage, I will destroy it so that we all come to square. One. And we all speak in tongues. We all cast out devils. But we don't confront realities in our lives. But God is calling on us to be real and to search our hearts. David said, search me, O God. It's only things you don't find easily that you search for. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Amen, somebody. Amen. Let it neither be mine nor thine. Why is it necessary that we come clean of all these things? And I'm ending. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 14. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. There's a judgment waiting for us. And God will bring into judgment everything, including secret things. And the things that we are forcing to be right that are wrong. And I would rather not fall in the hands of God. The Bible says some judgment is in this life. And such judgment is ahead. Rick Joyner, a, a, a pastor and a writer said, he would rather be judged here than to be judged in eternity. The Bible says that if we are wise, we judge all things, yet we ourselves are judged of no man. Matthew 18, verse 6 to 7. Matthew 18, but who shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me? It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Verse 7. Go unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Jesus. Amen. 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 What the Bible is saying, go to verse 6, please. It's saying that if you are there and then you cause other people to fall, other people to sin, other people to fall into difficulties, God says you will be judged. That it will be better if a cement string is hung around your neck and you are drowned than that you should cause any of God's people to stumble. God is saying to us ladies this morning do 
Do not be like Eve who destroyed God's creation. Do not be like the foolish woman who destroys homes. Do, you, do not be like the horish woman who destroys ministries and ministers. Do not be like the adulterous woman who eats and wipes her mouth and says, I know no Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Do not be the sister who destroys what belongs to another sister. This is a time of cleansing. God uses cleansed vessels. The Bible says, if a man shall purge himself from these things, he shall be a vessel unto honor. Sanctified. Meet for the master's use. And prepared. Unto every good work. Amen. Amen. I pray that that will be our story. God is merciful. And while the mercy lasts, may we take advantage of it. Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. May that be our prayer in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet. Amen. Amen. Every eye closed and every head bowed. Every eye closed and every head bowed. You refine my heart. Let, Let me it be as gold, oh, and precious silver, purify my heart. Let it be as gold, oh, pure gold, pure gold. Re- My heart's one desire is to be is to be holy holy set apart for you Lord I choose to be
to do your will. Begin to talk to God. David prayed, Search me, O God. Nobody is above reproach. The Bible says we all offend in many things. But if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Open your mouth and speak to the Father. Ask Him to set you and to help you. Ask him to cleanse you. And like the psalmist prayed, lead me in the way everlasting. Oh God, we will not be destroyers of anything that you have created. Because we see the far reaching effects of man's fallen nature, even up to today. Help us, Holy Spirit. Cleanse us with your blood, dear Father. Give us the strength to live in your light to be real with ourselves and to allow your help to come through. Thank you for a new beginning. Thank you for new things. In the name of Jesus. We'll build your church and not pull it down. We'll be pillars and not caterpillars. In Jesus' name. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You are here this afternoon. You don't know Jesus as your Savior. You are not sure whether you go to heaven or hell when you die. The Bible says we must all stand in front of the judgment seat of God. You know that you have been playing games with God. Today is the day to put things right between you and God. You want to say, Lady Reverend, pray for me. I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. Pray for me. I need to be serious with God. You are here like that this afternoon. Forget about who is on your left or who is on your right. We are talking about eternity here. Just lift up your hands high above your shoulder. And I'll pray for you. If you have lifted up your hands, I see your hands. God bless you. If you've lifted up your hands, whether you are old or young, come forward. I want to pray for you. Come to Jesus. You lifted up your hand, come forward. I want to pray for you. Forget about who you are in your position.
God is not a respecter of persons. God is a God of love. He says he who comes to me I will in no wise cast out. Come whether you are a child or an adult. Jesus came to die for all. Come. There is room at the cross. Come for you. There is room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, though millions have come, there's still room. There's still room at the cross. There's still room. Come. Yes, there is room at the cross for you. If you've come for it, just say this prayer after me. And mean it with your whole heart. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, this afternoon, this afternoon, I come to you. I come to you just as I am. Just as I am. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Jesus. Jesus. Forgive me. Forgive me. And cleanse me. And cleanse me from all my sin. From all my sins. Thank you. Thank you for coming to die. For coming to die on the cross. On the cross to save me. To save me. And thank you. And thank you for rising from the dead. For rising from the dead so that I so that I may have eternal life. May have eternal life. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for coming into my life. For coming into my life. I invite you. I invite you to become my Lord. To become my Lord and my master. And my master. And thank you. And thank you that by this prayer. That by this prayer. My name is written. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. In the Lamb's book of life. Jesus. Jesus. Help me. Help me by your Holy Spirit. By your Holy Spirit to serve you. To serve you all the days of my life. All the days of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Please wait. I have some books to give you. They'll give it to you quickly. I think you should put some at the back. At the back quickly. There is still. I pray that you'll be more serious with God. Come to church every Sunday. Come to the weekday meetings and grow in the things of God. God bless you. Amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Hewitt Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi. Or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Hewitt Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.